Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I am the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group, but for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Hit subscribe on YouTube, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Now, if you are a vegan in South Florida, you definitely know today's guest. Hey, if you are a vegan probably anywhere in the world, you probably know today's guest. His name is John Lewis, also known as Badass Vegan on Instagram and all of the platforms. And today I am sitting down and talking about how he empowers other people to live healthier, to get rid of the animal products and just pursue that health that they're looking for in their lives. But he's got so many projects in the works and one of them I am so excited about, which is the next part to what the health and he's breaking all that down and what's coming up next for him. Our physical, mental and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives, and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, I am so excited to virtually meet today John Lewis and introduce him to all of you, also known as Badass Vegan on Instagram, (laughs) but a man of many talents. So why don't you tell us what you do? My mother is always saying, like, when people ask, what what does your son do? She's like, what doesn't he do? Um, (laughs) film, Film director, film producer, uh... My my uh, one of my business partners, he calls me a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing. Uh, um, on a protein shake by the name of Vegan Smart, uh, we I'm currently uh, finishing up a book deal, so we'll be starting that soon as well. I used to do a lot of public speaking before all this happened, and uh, I was averaging around a hundred thousand miles air miles a year. Wow! That's how many? Yeah, I was doing about thirty or forty events just speaking, but. I've been doing more virtual stuff right now, but I'm sure, you know, in a year or two, it'll kick back up. Yeah. And speaking, okay, so other than obviously the hint that we have from your Instagram handle, speaking, writing, film producing, and directing about? Uh, Usually uh, social justice and food justice. That's the, that's my biggest things. Uh, Just trying to make the world better, like through, whether it's through education, through health or, uh, through econ- economics or just everything. I'm just always trying to uplift everybody as much as I can. Obviously, a big part of who you are and what you care about is health. Um, you're a vegan, but take us back to when you weren't and how this all became the core of like who you are in your life and how you made this change. Ooh, man. <laughs> so when I was 13, I ended up being obese uh, for a brief moment. And I, it's weird that it was a brief moment, but I was uh, 315 pounds as a freshman in high school. But um, I lost a lot of the weight once I got to high school because I became way more active through sports. You know, Little League sports, you really don't 
break a sweat. You know, the coach rolls right. a ball out there and then he goes outside and smokes a cigarette. Like it's not, it's right, not really right. anything. When I got to high school, I was doing like two a day football practices and basketball and I tried to run track. I didn't make the team of course because I was a little little larger, but I, I would actually show up every day and just run a track. So it was something I did and then it that kinda helped me out. And then something that really like really stood out for me in my life was that my senior year in high school, uh, my best friend and I, which we're still best friends to this day, we were butchers. Um, and he got me a job. He was already doing it. He was like, bro, you got to come out here and do it. And, you know, when when you need money, you don't think about what you're doing. So I was like, yo, I'm in. And for a year, we were butchers. And I think that really helped me to where I am right now. Like, just seeing the stuff we did with meat on that small level. You know, like, if something was spoiled... Like, all right, cool. We're just surrounded with fresh meat. Right. Like, you know, like, and we were so brainwashed. <laughs> I think back when we were so brainwashed, we would literally, I'd be like, man, I'm not eating no meat from here. I would go to another grocery store like they did better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they did the same thing. Like, <laughs> like nah, nah, nah. We're the ones doing it. Well, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. It's not like it's a, it's a one one-time thing, but Leading up to that, when I finally, uh, I went to an HBCU in St. Louis, uh, which was called Harris State College. Shout out to my Hornets. Um, and then when I went to grad school, I went to Nova Southeastern uh, and I got my MBA there. And my last week of uh, my master's program, literally the last week, I get a call from my brother and he was basically asking me about, uh, you know, telling me that my mom was sick and they didn't know what was going on. So I was like, well, what's, what's, what is it? He's like, we really don't know. So I was at, talking to my mom and my mom is probably, I'm a happy go lucky person, but I get it from her. And literally she's always happy. And I was like, mom, how you feeling? This is the one time she ever was like, son, I feel like shit. Like she just flat out. And I, for me, you know, as a, as a child, when your parent is just a strong person and you finally yeah. get that one vulnerable moment, and I'm all the way in my, I'm all the way in Fort Lauderdale, you know. I'm like, all right, so what do I do? So, I ended up talking to the doctors, you know, asking what happened. And the doctor was like, too much fried fatty food, uh, too much animal protein. I'm like, wait a minute, so this is not hereditary? He's like, no, this is a lifestyle choice. So I did more. And that's surprising myself. because I feel like a lot of doctors don't say that. Exactly. Exactly. So. That always stuck out to me. And I didn't go vegan immediately right then because he wasn't even saying vegan. He was just saying too much of this, too much of that. Cut back, yeah. Yeah, and so I I just started doing my research and I just saw the causes of all these diseases and ailments, not just cancer, from heart disease, hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes, autoimmune. It's like, wait a minute, this is what we eat. Like, we all have deficiencies. Let's, Let's be honest, we all have deficiencies. But if you don't feed the deficiencies, now you got a whole different ball game. So that's what that's what led me down that path. And I really just got into like this health and fitness kick. And once you get that kick, you, you stick with it. And I just I thought that I could share and help more people out, you know. Yeah. Everybody else no. thinks I'm a kid, but I'm like, I'm 43. I've been through so much, <laughs> like through everything. So I, I, I think it's just sharing my story helps out. Absolutely. Yeah. I heard that in one of your videos that I was listening to when you said, oh, I'm 43. I'm like, 
And because I think you were talking about you're going to be, it'll be 15 years since you went vegan. I think this yeah, month Halloween. at the time of Halloween, at the yeah. time of us recording this at least. Right. Um, <laughs> so 15 years. So that okay. means at, help me with my math, 28? Yeah. You 28. went vegan? Okay. Yeah. People are learning. They're catching on now. Like me, I just made this change not even two years ago. It'll be two years in January. Mm. Um, so 15 years ago sounds kind of like a long time ago in a sense because I feel like there wasn't even as, as many resources or as much education even at that time as far as the benefits of eliminating animal products and just eating healthier. Yeah, right? no, you're, you're totally right. There's still a stigma about veganism being like this, you're gonna die. Like if you get, <laughs> yeah. I've heard every every myth that you could think of. And you know, it, it's so interesting how people will just claim to something and they know it's doing them damage. They know it's doing them damage, but they can't get rid of it. So they defend But it. do they though? Do they? Do they what? Defend do it? They or... Do they know it's doing them damage? I think some people do. I think I think major I think if you have social media, you have no excuse. There's always reports, there's always something else. Now don't get me wrong, it is confusing because you know, one week they'll be saying bacon is heart healthy. Right. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> some of the information you're finding on these, you yeah. know, government funded <laughs> organizations' one, one websites, we with... whether it's American Cancer Association, yeah. all of that. Yeah. One thing we hit with the uh, with the documentary was like how all these not all of them, but the majority of these studies are actually funded by the people that want to promote their product. So it's like, wait a minute. How can you say that, you know, scientists say bacon is heart healthy, funded by the Bacon Association? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so around the age of, you know, mid 20s to late 20s, your mom got sick that really inspired you to dive into some research and understand mm -hmm. the benefits of eliminating those animal products from your diet. And that's when the change started to happen for you. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it, it was so interesting because at that point I was pretty in shape. Um, I did have a knee surgery uh, around the time and I, there was a workout program called P90X. Mm -hmm. And I had a good friend who knew the owner of p90x and he was like man you got to send your results in and i i am i am a horrible critic on myself to this day i still am like i can be at two percent body fat and i'll still be like ah oh, man like i think <laughs> i think it's that that body dysmorphia like being obese yeah. at one point it's always stuck with me so i always tell people like i understand like how you can feel but he's he sent them in without me knowing because i was like no nah, i'm not gonna do it and he sent them yeah. in and I actually got a, a, a email from P90X and they're like, please tell me you have more pictures. We'd love to feature you. And I was like, oh, okay. And so when they featured me, when people found out I was vegan, they're like, wait a minute, you could be in shape and be vegan. And that's where it kind of took off for me. Uh, that's where the whole badass vegan thing even started because people were asking me so many questions. I found myself doing more work after work to try to help people. I was like, wait a minute, I need to like focus on this more. And so that's when it came down that that realm of like focusing on health and helping others. So how do you answer that question um, that came up at that time? Wow, you can be vegan and look like that because the, I mean, people yeah. people do ask that question 
I've heard that yeah. still. I don't know if you still get that, but yeah. When I first started, I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be a big deal, to be honest. I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. I didn't and all honesty, I wasn't thinking about the environment, I wasn't thinking about animals, I wasn't thinking about social justice. I was thinking about me. It was selfishness. So when people asked that, I was like, I, I don't see the big deal. I think everybody could do it. And it made me go more into research as well. So I think that helped me out too. And then yeah. that's when I was able to provide like, hey, man, it's not your protein you're worried about. It's more your amino acids because amino acids are the building blocks of protein. And, you know, there's non-essential amino acids. And most people think that you can't even get enough protein with it. I'm like, all right, there's non-essential amino acids. Name me one. And people are like, I was like, exactly. You focused on the wrong thing. You should be focused on your amino acids. And now you can build, those are the building blocks. And you can get those amino acids throughout the day. They don't have to be in one meal. I'm actually, uh, one thing, I'm a shameless plug, I guess. I'm actually working yeah, on yeah. a on a book, but I'm also working on an actual uh, app and platform, which will be like a health and fitness uh, part of it, which is, um, I'm working with a good friend of mine who is, very successful in that realm himself. And we're basically just remodeling it to fit what I'm doing right now. And uh, that should be out hopefully by the beginning of the year. Um, but but that's what it is. It's just, it's research, constant research and constant just uh, finding a, a why to stick to the what you're doing. I think that's the biggest thing because people, people always fall into the trap. They go to their uncle's barbecue or they go to, you know, their aunt is cooking for Thanksgiving or whatever. And then now they're like sitting there and that addiction kicks in and they start getting triggered by them old tastes and peer pressure from the family. Like you ain't gonna eat none of this, and, you know? So right. a lot of those things, I think that's one of the biggest attributes that people need to take a look at is like, it's not only how to go vegan, but it's also how do you maintain and stay. Right. And I think that's a good point is having that why, because I think I heard somebody say once, like if you do it for, vanity reasons if you do it for how it looks wherever whatever like you're not gonna stick with it like there has to be a deeper reason for you and I guess that reason can kind of evolve and change over time right how you yeah. said in the beginning like that it was for selfish reasons you were thinking about you and being healthier for you and, and your mom and your family um so what would you say is your why now because i know it's your path has evolved as you've grown through this journey uh my why is just it's so broad now and my why is usually like i didn't eat that meat or i didn't eat that cheese or that milk or that dairy or those eggs because i was thinking about the environment i was thinking about the animals i was thinking about people and social justice i think about that too like one thing we hit in the film is a lot of people don't realize they're like, oh, you went vegan, so you don't care about humans. I'm like, no, 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 it's bigger than that. Like we interviewed uh, this pig farmer. He has three lagoons. Each lagoon holds up to 6 million gallons of pig waste. 6 million gallons. Yeah, oh, imagine no. 6 million, yeah. So you gotta think, what do they do with this pig waste? They don't, you can't sell pig waste. Nobody's trying to buy it. So what they have to do is they have to literally spray this pig waste over fields. And what happens is when the wind catches on to these, uh, these spray fields, it carries it out to the people. And so mm. what we did was we talked to people that lived in the community around these pig Ooh. farms and you actually took swabs and like had them tested. So we swabbed like the kitchen, 
the toys, the walls, the microwave, the oven, the stove, and they all had pig feces literally on all that. So when people are like, and so these people have all these underlying conditions. Dying. It's crazy. And this is within a five mile radius. The people that this happens to, most of the people that live around these pig farms are marginalized communities or people of color. So you got these people with, you know, breathing problems, heart conditions, all this stuff from breathing all this stuff in and it's within their food. So when people are like, oh, but bacon, it's like, all right, you got your bacon, but is that bacon worth that? Since we're already in it talking about the film, tell me what's the name of the film um, and, and really what is it about? Uh, the film is called They're Trying to Kill Us. And it's if you've ever seen What the Health, it's the follow-up film to What the Health. It's based off of social justice and food justice through the lens of hip-hop. It's my baby, so I'm always going to think, oh, that's my baby, okay. that's good. But one solidifying like event that happened was, so Chris Paul had to see the film with him being an executive producer. You know, he got to like see it. And uh, we submitted it to Sundance on that Friday morning. So Thursday, we made sure he had it. And his manager that Friday morning texted me at like 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, uh, I just automatically thought the worst. Like, 5 in the morning, like, ooh. She's probably like, yeah, we can't do this. It's not going to work. And she texted me. She was like, John, this film is amazing. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay. So we text back and forth for a little while. I'm like, okay, good. They liked it. Chris actually called me at like 10 that morning. He's like, John. I'm like, what, what's up, Chris? I'm like, I'm trying to like feel it out. Like, I'm thinking he's feeling it. Let's see. He's like, bro. Like, in his exact words, like, yo, this film is fucking amazing, bro. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank you, man. Like, he's like, I'm sitting here. And the thing that solidified it for me was, he was like, I'm sitting here watching it with my dad. And there, his dad was on speakerphone. He's like, my dad is sitting here tearing up watching this. And his dad is in the background like, thank you for making this film. And that... That yeah, exactly. That that hit me. I was like, okay, somebody that's not even vegan, but that's been through all of this, that's seen the social injustice, the food injustice, everything. The way they, you know, he and they, he was telling me that he used to he grew up next to a landfill, so he understood the whole like pollution and what they were doing to the communities. So that was big for me to like see somebody that wasn't vegan that actually understood it, and it it didn't feel like it was attacking them, but more like just giving them a lesson. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And that's one of the best compliments and the best feelings that you yeah. can get as like a filmmaker, producer, when somebody sees your work and they say thank you. Like that, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt it. Like I feel it now. <laughs> like just even talking about it, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. So you're really touching on all of these kind of different issues, like you said, racial injustice. And, you know, I, I saw like the food deserts with you know, how are you kind of bringing all of that together in the film? That's why you got to see the film. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I'm gonna see but, it. <laughs> but we, well, we, we do we do tie it all in. There's a there's a big bang in the in towards the end of the film where we literally tie it all together. The best part about the film is that everything is science based, fact based, and history based. Like there is no there's no there's no emotion in this. There's like no yeah. no, no this is how it is like. And it's been this way for hundreds of years. Like, I think some people deny that racial injustice is there or that corporate greed is there, but it's been put in place for hundreds of years. The problem is 
not the people that are there right now in these in these positions. The problem is these people in these positions aren't trying to change it. So I'm excited for the film. Do you have any more information on when it comes out, when we can see it? Anything? I wish I had more, but right now we're sitting at a position where since we submitted it to Sundance, uh, they don't even announce the people that were accepted to uh, December 9th. So we're okay. kind of stuck in a rut on that in regards to waiting to hear from them. And then whether it's yay or nay, but I'm saying yay because I'm putting it into the universe. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, it's happening. From there, then it's seen at the festival, which most likely is going to be virtual this year, uh, which is crazy because the one year I was going to go, it's all virtual. So uh, it's all good, though. Hey, yeah. As long as it gets accepted, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, but once it gets accepted, then we, um, you know, we wait on, I guess, bidders. Uh, to look at it from Netflix to Hulu to Apple to HBO, whoever. And then you're kind of at the discretion of, of whoever you go with in regards to who might actually put it out and when they put it out. Our biggest goal was around New Year's, but with them not even releasing the list till December 9th and the festival is until January itself, you know, it might not be till spring of next year. It sounds like your why is much bigger than you now, which is obvious. It's it's helping others. Um, is there anything more that you want to add as far as as that goes? Do you feel aligned with like your purpose and your and your mission to to really spread this word and do do the work that you're doing? Yeah, I, I really do feel aligned and I feel on my path, you know, like I, I'm not saying that everybody has the same path. I think we all got different paths. That's what makes the world work. Like, I think as long as it's, you know, to help better the world or people around you, your community, whatever it is, I think that's the right path. I think we're all on the same highway. We just got different lanes. Like my lane is this, you know, somebody else might be doing it by you know, being a little league coach, like everything is important. Like Absolutely. people don't realize it. It's all important. So I believe for me, I found my path. Like, and I couldn't honestly wish I was doing anything else. So as a kid, my mom used to make me practice speeches. Like as a kid, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. At like four years old, I think she might have pictures of me like practicing speeches to her. Like, because I wanted to do what she was doing. Yeah, I learned how to I learned how to type like 70 words a minute before I was eight because I, I wanted to learn. And I learned from a typewriter because there was no computer back then. It was straight <laughs> typewriter. So if you yep. messed up, you had to go all the way back. So oh, gosh, she kind of yeah. prepped me. She kind of prepped me for what I'm doing now, like as far as like the speeches and being comfortable in front of a camera or in front of people um, and just sharing love. Like my mom had us literally volunteering. At, I'm talking about as far back as I can remember, we were volunteering. Saturday mornings, getting up, feeding those in need. And even if it wasn't with an organization, we would make bag lunches and just take it out to downtown St. Louis and hand them out. So it's always been there. I actually was a very heavy meat eater. Um, I have always been into working out and training, had a gym membership when I was 13, started bodybuilding in my mid-20s. You know, I was doing like the, the typical bodybuilder diet and pound, pound and a half of meat a day and 
doing that whole typical thing. And hey, I mean, I looked great, but I started having autoimmune issues. And to the point that there was times I couldn't walk, I had these painful rashes, my hair was falling out, I was having eye pain. And what's the typical thing that they do? Like they couldn't necessarily diagnose me with one thing. They couldn't put their finger on it, but just you're having autoimmune responses. And they put me on a steroid. And, you know, I did that for five days. I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. So it took me a couple months, but there was, I got sick another time a few months later in January, like shortly after the new year, nothing related. It was just the flu. So I was in bed for like 10 days. And all of a sudden I was just like, I've got to figure this thing out. And I just started watching every documentary I could find, researching everything I could on the internet. And then I just threw everything I had in my fridge and my freezer out. And I went totally raw, whole food, plant-based for six months, like from one day to the next. Very, very, I mean, you know, I've definitely not stayed totally raw, but I've, you know, I, it's my own, we all have our own journey with finding out what works. Um, but I've never gone back to eating, eating animals again. Yeah. Um, And and I'm glad you said that too, as far as like, you know, you just threw everything out. You know, like I, I tell people all the time, they're like, well, cold turkey is dangerous. I'm like, well, if you're already sick, how dangerous is it to just switch over to eating healthier? Like, I don't yeah. understand that. If you need to get healthy, you need to do it now. You don't need to put it off. This is the time. So, so what I, I, I like is, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm kind of, I can be a little extreme at times because i I mean i i know that that can seem extreme and for some people kind of maybe eliminating one food at a time or whatever it is works for you i've talked to other vegans or whole food plant-based eaters on this show and that's what they've recommended is to kind of eliminate one eliminate the next so i i'll ask you what's what's your opinion or tip advice on that for somebody who's like hey i want to start to make the change um how do you recommend doing it I'm more of a cold turkey person, but I I mean, at the same time, I don't talk crap about somebody that does do it gradually. I always say this, I think the problem with our eating habits is because we can't see the damage that we're doing. Like if you ran into, if you ran into that wall behind you and you bruised your arm, guess what you're not going to do anymore? You're not going to run into that wall. You're not going to do it because you can see the bruise. You can feel it. The problem is our internal system is so strong and our pain is delayed. That's why, you know, cancer doesn't develop in a day. Right. It's not like you, it's not like you wake up next morning and cancer's like, you know what? Today is the day. I'm hopping right. out into your body. She no, had that uh, really big pizza last night. I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she had two slices. I told her not to have two slices. Cancer. That's not how it happens. Or heart disease right. doesn't happen that way. It's a it's a development over time. So. Our problem is, is that we can't see the damage that we're doing to our body on the inside. If we flipped our body out, you know, inside out, and we could see the damage we did every time, every meal, we wouldn't do it. But since it's internal, we're like, ah, it's not doing nothing to me. The same thing goes for our kids. If we could see what we were feeding our kids actually hurt them, you wouldn't do it. Just because we can't see the damage doesn't mean there's not damage happening. And, And on the flip side, just because we can't see the progress in our body, doesn't mean it's not happening. You got to have faith in the system that you're using that you're getting better. But I will say, like, if you commit to it and you do it, like, you see it immediately. You see it. I always tell people within the first 30 days of you going vegan, treat it like a new relationship. 
You just <laughs> met this person. Y'all trying everything. Hey, everything <laughs> in the sun. Y'all in the library. Y'all in the y'all out in the in the field. Y'all on some Jason's living stuff. Y'all don't care. You try every vegan food that's out there. Find out what you like. Find out what you don't like. You know, find out what you kind of like, but you could probably modify it. That's what you have to do within that first thirty days. And it's just like a relationship. You find out what likes and dislikes. You know what I'm saying? You don't have exactly. any restrictions. Because if you go into a relationship with restrictions. And the person's like, well, why are you on the phone all the time? Why are you on TV? Why are you over there? Why are you going to the club? Why are you talking to your friends? That ain't going to last. But if it's just this freedom of all just having fun, doing what you want to do, that's the biggest and most fun way to go vegan. Like, don't worry about that 30 days. Just go all out. Just have fun. You know, whatever vegan restaurant you can find, whatever uh, vegan products you can find, or even if you want to stay whole food plant-based, whatever fruits and vegetables, it's 70,000 edible plants on the on the earth 70,000 you ain't gonna run out like just go for it what are your thoughts on because I feel like you can be an unhealthy vegan as well so what are your thoughts on some of those you know vegan products I know you have your own uh vegan protein shake company right so there are processed vegan foods and Mm -hmm. You know, just from some of the research I poured myself into from an autoimmune perspective and inflammation in the body, um, I know that processed foods, even if they are vegan, still cause inflammation. So for me personally, yeah, if I'm having a night out, I want to do the cheat night thing and have an impossible burger or, you know, beyond burger or, you know, whatever the fries or something, um, I will do that. But I try to really limit that. What are your thoughts? I believe that it's all a part of the the bigger picture. I think that processed uh, vegan meats are not necessarily the enemy, but you don't need them. That's what I tell people. It's like, we don't need them. Like, you don't even need my protein shake. I tell people, like, you don't have to get a protein shake. It's just convenient. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why did you... If you went vegan, why do you eat stuff that looks like meat or tastes like meat? It's like, no, I didn't <laughs> stop eating meat because I hated the taste. That wasn't right. why I stopped. It's because health-wise, animal-wise, eco-wise, like it, there's so many things behind it that it's just better for the planet as a whole, including my health. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I think people have to look at to it. Now, like you said, if you occasionally want to go out and you want to have your burger, get you some nachos with some vegan crumbles on top or whatever, that's totally fine. And if you don't, if you want to eat it every day, that's up to you. But understand, you're probably not going to be the healthiest when it comes to veganism. Like, because a lot of people don't go for health. They go literally just for the animals or just for the ecosystem. So right. if that's not your goal, then all right, cool. Then that's that's it. But if you're really going for health reasons, that's probably not the route to take where that's an everyday thing. You can have it, but I wouldn't say every day. I, I, I'm always big on like either once every two weeks or once every three weeks. That's my big thing. Like my cheat days really come sparingly and it helps me control it. Cause if I do every day, every week, every week turns into, well, well, every week (laughs) turns into twice a week and then twice a week turns into three times a week. And you know, you're like, Oh man, when I'm working out, I can do this. The next thing I know I'm way off the path that I want to be on. And and I have kids. So I want to be the best example I can be for them. 
not saying that an obese parent is a bad example, but for me, I want them to think about what they put, what they eat, how, what kind of activity they get a day, um, what kind of mental capacity and spiritual, you know, as well. Like, are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you loving? I think sometimes yeah. we got to remember that sometimes it is bigger than us, but it's right inside of our own home sometimes. Absolutely. Well, I could talk to you all day, John. I, have... <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Lastly, just tell everyone how they can find you, learn more about you, connect with you, all the good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Badass Vegan. Uh, you can email me if you ever have any questions, john at badassvegan.com. Uh, Twitter, Snapchat. I think I'm even on Etsy or like Pinterest <laughs> under Badass Vegan. I don't even use the accounts, but if you email me there, it'd probably come to me. Uh, and be on the lookout for the film, uh, hopefully around spring. That, that, that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. Awesome. We'll be sure to link to all that below in the show notes so everyone can find you and keep everyone updated on the film. Thank I'm you. excited. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I hope you enjoyed hearing from John just as much as I did. I, I love his content online. I love what he had to say. I, I love the way he thinks about healthy eating and lifestyle. It's been so a part of my journey, which is ever evolving and really honestly why I'm here doing this podcast and talking to you. So make sure you connect with him. Find his information below in the show notes. Check him out on social. Stay posted on when his film is coming out in the coming months. I'm so excited for that. And stay connected with me. Find me on LinkedIn. Hit subscribe on YouTube. And also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would be so grateful and so appreciative. It helps me improve the show for you each and every week. So until next week, when I see you back right here, stay happy, stay healthy.